Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner and CFO for online coaches, and I'm on a mission to help online coaches keep more money in their pockets. If you're building an online service business and you want to learn how to grow your profits, manage your money, and pay less taxes all while pursuing your dream life, then you're in the right place. Justin Green is the founder of AssistFP, a financial planning firm, and Be a Wealthy Coach LLC, an outsourced CFO service. All opinions expressed in this episode are mine solely and not reflective of AssistFP or Be a Wealthy Coach. As always, this podcast is not advice and it is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your own financial tax and or legal advisor before making any decisions. Welcome back, coaches. Today, I've got an awesome conversation for you with Tell Fisher. Tell is a business coach and founder of the PT Hyper Growth Academy and community on Facebook. It's a free community for online health and fitness coaches looking to crush it in the business. We dive into his background, which is really unique. He had a gym and then COVID came along and changed those plans. And he talks about how he pivoted and saw an opportunity to increase his presence online and help other coaches who are struggling uh, with their gyms being shut down as well. And then we just talked about kind of the landscape of the coaching business for 2023, what he sees that is working, what isn't, and kind of what the biggest trends as a coach that uh, you'll need to follow in 2023 to be a successful coach. Awesome episode. We ran a little bit long just because the conversation was so good. Before we dive in, though, I want to tell you real quick about the Wealthy Weekend a weekly newsletter that I send out every Friday afternoon with tips and stories on how to be a wealthy coach. Go ahead, you could subscribe using the link in the show notes or the link in my bio on Instagram at justingreenfp. All right, let's dive into the conversation with Tell. What's up, Tell? Welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, dude. Good to be here. Absolutely. Why don't you let everyone know where you calling in from? Cool, man. So I am in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, dude. Nice. I feel like Columbus is low key, a little bit of like a fitness hub. Like you always, you always hear about like San Diego with a lot of online coaches, but I feel like Columbus has got some like OG fitness personalities. Corey G's from out there, if I remember correctly. But it's it's like a very like blue collar, like hardcore training atmosphere out in Columbus. I feel like is that true? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Obviously, you have like the Arnold out here. Everybody likes to come to the Arnold. Um, yeah. Canceled this year, I heard. So that's gonna be interesting. Um, or maybe they canceled like parts of it. I think they canceled like the amateur competitions and all that. But yeah, man, like you got the is that Arnold. Still because of COVID, or is that different? I I think at this point it's got to be like money stuff. You know, maybe not okay. enough interest or generate enough gotcha. income. Um, sure. But yeah, dude, I heard there's maybe some stuff up in the air about that. Not super sure, but. Yeah, dude. So lots of lots of really big gyms out here. Um, and that's kind of like this this area. So I'm like originally like uh, from like an hour away from here um, okay. in Dayton, which Dayton is kind of known as like the uh, Larry Pacifico. It's kind of like the the home of powerlifting. It's kind of where a lot of that stuff got started. So Ohio is very, very rich, just this whole entire area with just like hardcore gyms, uh, powerlifting, a lot of big, strong people out here. And then obviously you got like West side, right? You got West side. It's like 30 minutes away from me right now. Um, would love to go check them out sometimes, but obviously, you know, they're, they're freaking crazy themselves. So yeah, dude, lots, yeah, lots absolutely. of lifting culture out here. 
Yeah, big culture out there. I actually, Corey Jew was like one of the first, he was like an OG for me. One of the first guys I ever followed back in the day in the fitness industry. I remember when he was with Muscle Farm, he used to put out these like yep. Instagram workouts before Instagram was like even really cool, but he'd put out like these workouts of the day. And I still, if I go back in my old like files, it, like I've got screenshots of probably like 150 of those. Uh, yeah. So yeah, man, that's, that's so cool. How'd you get into the, the fitness space? How'd you get into the coaching industry? Yeah, dude. So, um, funny enough, you mentioned him. I don't know if you know Zach Hommel. Uh, he oh, absolutely, yeah, be, out at um, Iron Valley Barbell be, in Indy. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. Hundred percent. So I used to go lift with him. Um, would travel like two hours to to go out to IVB. Um, so no, no, a lot of those guys, and um, that was that was kind of like as far as like business wise, like one thing that kind of kicked it off for me. So. Uh, kind of got into to lifting a little bit later in my life. I was uh, kind of going through that, you know, typical, uh, at least if you're entrepreneurial, typical phase in your early 20s where you're kind of just like, dude, like, you know, what, can we curse on here, by the way? Because I, I curse a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> okay. absolutely. Uh, so like, I'm kind of going through that stage where I'm just like, dude, like, what the fuck do I do with my life? I'm sitting here looking at like all these, you know, conventional paths of like, hey, just go get a nine to five. Uh, my family owns construction company. So Got started in that when I was 11 years old. Um, had been swinging a hammer for a while, and I knew that it was just like, man, like, didn't really just like love it. Didn't get me super excited. And so, in my early 20s, man, that's when I actually first kind of got into to seriously lifting and like going to the gym and all that. So, um, one of my friends actually took me out to IVB one one uh, Saturday for one of their leg days, and. Yeah, dude, just like being around all these dudes that were like doing the whole uh, social media thing, like building these fitness businesses, all that kind of stuff, like just really kind of inspired me. And that was like one of the the diving points for me of like kind of getting into all this of just like, oh, shit. Hey, there's like this thing that I really, really like. You can build a business around it. And I see all these people being super successful with it. Um so that was kind of, I guess, like to answer the question, like that was kind of the the tipping point for me, so to speak, of uh, just like getting around some people that I saw that were doing this thing. And uh, yeah, dude, that that's kind of was the start to it all, I guess. I can't imagine leg day at IVB is a great way to get introduced to lifting. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that sounds I'll, pretty brutal. <laughs> I'll tell you what, dude, like I, that, that is like one of the hands down, like one of the best gyms I've ever been to. Um, I'd love to like check 30... it out. I have a good buddy who actually, he's like really good friends with Zach now. His name's Mitch Moore. He's a finance guy as well. Cool. Uh, we, yeah, we've talked many times and he, I think he moved. He was in Indy for a little while. He was working out at IVB. His brother's now a trainer, I think, at IVB, Matt Moore. Um, they're called the Moore Brothers. Really, really, really good dudes. Um, but yeah, so I always see all the time the crazy shit they're doing at IVB. Yeah, dude. One thing I'll say is like one, one thing that really stuck out to me. Um, I was like I said, I was still like pretty new and early into lifting at that time because I had I'd been a runner my whole life. I was like when I first started lifting, dude, I'm five five. I'm short as fuck. And oh, uh, yeah, dude. so like I'd been a runner, too. So I was like super skinny, man. I was like one hundred and twenty pounds. I'm like 20, 21 years old, 120 pounds, five, five. And I was like, dude, fuck this. Like I got to get big. Right. Um, and so going out there, dude, and I just remember like pulling, uh, like, you know, we're deadlifting there's guys, uh, pulling six fifty for like, you know, eight reps or whatever. Like it's nothing. And I'm like pulling, like, like hitching, like three fifteen. like I'm struggling with this stuff. And I just remember like, even then, like, dude, nobody gave a fuck. They were all just like yelling and screaming and, 
I just thought that was so cool. And that's when I was just like, dude, like this in my mind, like that's what fitness is all about. It's about like, you know, it's hard work, it's showing up, it's being your best self. It's always trying to improve. And so, um, yeah, dude, that, that was really like a, a very pivotal moment for me where I was just like, damn, this is, this is pretty sick. So cool. So then you, uh, you hop in, start, um, training clients yourself. Is that, is that how you got started coaching, not um, coaching clients first or no? Yeah, dude, hundred percent. It was not immediately. That was kind of like one of the first times where I kind of, you know, and then I was like following guys on, on social media, you know, like Nick bear was blowing up at the time. Um, mm. Christian Guzman, like some of those guys. So I, I kind of been following these guys. I was like, dude, this is pretty cool. Like this is, this is really interesting. Um, and so like really for the next two or three years, it was just me, like just kind of following along all these people, um, just continuing to lift. I'm working in construction. So working construction all day long, uh, going to the gym, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, um, you know, get my lifts in and stuff. So I did that for several years. Um, just really like continued to, to hit up people. I was paying people to teach me how to program, teach me how to lift, uh, looking at my film, like all that kind of stuff. And so like, yeah, dude, I spent several years just kind of like investing in myself, like kind of had this dream, but it wasn't really real yet. You know, like I was just like, Hey, there's a lot of stuff I need to figure out. Um, but yeah, dude, that's really how I got started is I, I actually was, I jumped into online training, um, did my first year, like did a whole bunch of free coaching. Um, did I coached anybody and everybody that I could find that just would like run a program of mine, you know how that goes. And, uh, yeah, dude, that, that was kind of like next several years, just like grinding out myself, which I think was so, so important just to, uh, you know, lay a solid foundation for myself before I ever even like hopped into it all. Yeah. I've heard that, uh, that method quite a bit. It's kind of coached for free at first because you can get those results, um, and those stories and start sharing those because sharing transformations and client results is huge on social media. Like, you know, they only want to hear your talking head so much, but they, they want to see like, you know, your clients more. So I've heard that's a pretty good method. Obviously some people aren't in a situation where they can do that. And I think that when you, when your money's strapped from the beginning, that's going to hold you back a little bit because you can't pursue those opportunities. Um, so, all right. So you start coaching. When do you start getting paid? You know, you can only do free was, clients for so long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, I think the context of that, I think many, um, cause like now being in the unique position we're in now, uh, I think that that is the, the whole like free coaching is, is not the avenue that most people should be taking. Um, I think for me at the time, there was, there were several reasons why I was doing free coaching. Uh, the first one was like, I was just like a newer lifter. Like I was still in my first, uh, you know, three years or so of lifting. And so like, I think there was still just a lot of like, you know, me just being unsure of everything. So I think that was important for a little bit of context here. Um, but as well, like, I think even like something bigger that many coaches getting started can relate to is just like, there was just kind of like the whole imposter syndrome of just like, dude, like. I'm seeing all these dudes that are throwing up 700 pounds. Like who am I to jump in and start coaching people? Um, and so like, I almost think more of it was just like from a mindset perspective of like, just holding my own self back. So like, I actually just want to like, say like, you know, you maybe should do free coaching. Maybe you should, if it's just like, Hey, you have no proven concept and you need to like figure out like, do I even know what the fuck I'm doing? But many people I think are, um, many coaches I talked to, like they started out at a different place than I did. You know, they'd been 
uh, whether it was like they played football or like whatever, and they've been lifting for years and years versus me. Like I was a runner. It's like, I was still pretty new to like the whole lifting thing. So, um, all that's to say that like, I don't know that everybody should do free coaching. Um, so anyways, a little bit of nuanced context there, but back to your, your overall question. Uh, when did I start charging for it? So, uh, I, after like my first 10 clients or so, um, I started charging and I did the, the classic, classic, classic route that I see so many coaches like stuck in of like, cool. So no longer doing free coaching. So like instead, like I'm going to charge like 50 bucks a month. Right. So like I did the whole like low ticket thing and I'm like, oh man, like, you know, like I'll just start doing this. This will be great. Um, problem with that is like, cool. Nobody, nobody actually takes you seriously. It's like 50 bucks a month. You know, it's like, if you don't do a workout, it's not a big deal. Um, so was like, dude, screw this. Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to get ambitious. I'm going to like push the envelope here. I'm going to charge like a hundred bucks a month. Right. And, um, so same thing though. It's like, I, you know, raise my prices and, you know, nothing really happens. So I went through like several iterations over like a six month period of, um, and like my hands are sweating the whole time. Like every time I increase my prices, I'm like, Oh fuck dude. Like what's this guy going to say? And I would say like, it was not really until I started charging three twenty five a month that I actually got like my first very like committed client that showed up to coaching calls, sent me film to be reviewed, um, actually ran the programs, was very engaged, asked all kinds of questions about like, how do I get better at my squat? Um, and so that was kind of like the, the tipping point for me when I started to realize like, oh, shoot, like there's maybe something to this whole idea of like, uh, you know, needing to charge higher prices, getting people to buy in. Like, so that, that was um, kind of a journey to get there that, that took me about a year to really go from free coaching to where I was finally, you know, charging enough to where people were excited, got me excited. Um, you know, my bank account actually started to, to see a difference. And that's, that's the, like where things really kind of started to take off for me. Yeah, I think you make a good point there too, right? Like, so when you're, when you're doing the low ticket thing, like, yeah, you're going to attract more people, but you're, you're probably attracting the wrong people. Like they're going to yep. pay you, but they don't really care. They don't have a whole lot of skin in the game. And then you get fearful when you raise your prices is that like, oh, like nobody's going to come. But then you realize one new client is paying you three times, you know, three of your old clients, right? So you can, you don't need as many clients to hit those same revenue uh, targets as you did when you were low ticket. And I did an episode a couple back about pricing and how to figure that out. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people that just jump in and they make up the pricing for their coaching program. And they don't actually really think about and back up and do the math of like, okay, if I charge a 100 a month, how many clients do you need a month to even hit like six figures in the year? Like it's a lot, yeah. um, you know, it's a lot of clients. So, um, you know, I, I think being able to understand that people will take you more seriously. They're more committed because they have skin in the game and yeah, you might be attracting less people, but you need less people to kind of hit those goals. And you did, you know, a low ticket offer where you would have to, um, deliver to three clients, the same thing you're delivering to one client for the same, for, you know, three times the price. hundred percent. And I even think there's a, 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 an addition to that of like, not only does the money math make more sense. So I think it's so important to actually understand 
money math behind your business, which is uh, why I was really excited to, to kind of connect with you. Um, but like even on the other side of things of like, if you are genuinely a coach that gives a fuck about your clients that wants to get people good results, like you need to, to be able to afford the time, the energy, the resources to actually invest in these people. Dude, if somebody's paying me 50 bucks a month, like I can't justify sitting down and really taking a genuine look at what you got going on because mm -hmm. I need to get so many clients. And so like, this is also like one of my biggest, like, like I absolutely hate low ticket, whether it's in business coaching, if it's in fitness coaching, like whatever it is, I think that low ticket is one of the most like disingenuous ways to coach people because like you actually don't deliver very good uh, results to people. You don't deliver a very good service. You don't deliver a very good program because you just literally financially cannot afford to make that happen. So like, that's like one of my biggest things with high ticket is like, dude, if you actually want to get someone results, like the, the money has to make sense to where it's like, cool. Like maybe there's a certain software that you need to buy to be able to effectively coach someone. Well, cool, dude. Like you need to be able to afford that software or Maybe you're getting to a point like one, one of the biggest things is like a coach takes off and they're like, oh, like I'm just going to do lower prices. Uh, all of a sudden they're at 30 clients. They're like, hey, I got 30 clients right now. Like I don't have time to be able to like help people as much anymore. Like I need to get an assistant coach. But it's like, dude, you're making three, four, five grand a month right now because your prices are so low. Like you can't even afford to bring on a coach to actually deliver the level of service you need to to be able to deliver on the promises you're making to people, whether it's through your marketing, whether it's through your sales calls. Um, and so like, I think that's also another very relevant piece to just the whole like money conversation. Like what, what is it actually like, what's, what's the time, energy, effort, like what's going to be the, the inputs that are needed to actually get someone good results? Because like finance is a big, is a big portion of that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say the only thing worse than low ticket is a uh, high ticket, but still not providing the delivery, <laughs> right? So low ticket kind of dis <laughs> dissuades you from, you know, being able to really deliver on what you're selling. Uh, and I've also seen high ticket offers and then they, they also don't deliver. And this is more on the business coaching side. Mm -hmm. um, but like, you know, I think that's the only thing that's worse. But the point there is really good is it might be easy to sell low ticket, but it's really hard to then deliver what you're selling on. So you're going to actually, your client retention rates are going to be lower. Um, yep. Your implementation rate of advice is going to be lower. And this is across industries. I see this in mine as well. And, you know, it, it's usually happens because coaches want to help or advisors want to help. Like we like feel like, oh man, I really do want to help. And so, but then, you know, like that person maybe can't afford you at your higher, your higher mm -hmm. rate. And so sometimes you'll discount or you'll undercharge and it almost always ends poorly because it just, you know, you tried to help, but they're just, they're not ready to help themselves, which is why they weren't able to invest in the high ticket program. 100%. And, and I like, don't say this is a bragging thing. This is like actually something that like genuinely shocked me. I found out that we had a client that had joined us uh, that actually sold his car to be able to like join in and join the program. And to me, like when I first heard that, I was like, holy shit, like it actually made me like super uncomfortable. I was like, wow, dude, like I really, really, really better deliver and like crush it for this coach. <laughs> um, and, and the coach literally like took off. So like my point being though is because they were super committed. 
they were super committed. They were super all in. And, but, but that was like, just to, to your point of like, he was at that place where he was just like, dude, like what, whatever I got to do to make this happen. Like, I know this is a goal. I'm committed to it. Um, again, I would never suggest somebody sell their car or whatever to join. Like I didn't even know until after the fact. Um, but to me, I was like, damn, like that's, that's a level of commitment. Like that's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, that is. And, and like that type of person, like their backs against the wall, they're ready to do that thing. You know what I mean? Uh, definitely probably not recommending, you know, tell people <laughs> to sell their cars to afford you. Right. I, but, um, you know, and, uh, it sounds like you had the right reaction. I was like, ah, like kind of hesitant, right? Like, Oh, that's a lot of pressure on me. Um, so obviously we've kind of skipped this part, but you know, at some point you started coaching coaches. So you kind of left yeah. online coaching to coach coaches. Uh, we kind of jumped, jumped ahead there. Um, so just give us the quick synopsis on that. And then we'll kind of hop back into like, you know, how coaches can make more money. Cause that's kind of where we've headed with the, you know, high ticket, mm -hmm. low ticket offering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, um, back to, let's see, we left off. Cool. So like I was in my early twenties, um, didn't really know what to do. Kind of found this lifting thing. Uh, it was, you know, again, like conventional paths of like careers and all that just didn't really click with me. So eventually, like I said, I get into online coaching and, um, eventually like left and went full time with that. That business eventually became my gym. Uh, so King's Barbell, we opened up in Dayton and, Something then kind of happened that if you've been in the fitness industry, you, you know all about uh, COVID hit, right? So um, I'm cruising along, doing online coaching. I've got a gym. Uh, it's actually where I met my wife, Allie. And, nice. uh, you know, we're, we actually, we did some photo shoots and stuff together. Like we were selling merch and clothing and just doing the whole online thing and like just, just loving it. COVID hits. And I live in Ohio. So Mike DeWine was kind of the dude that was heading up everything. Um, he was the one that, you know, basically did the shutdown. So like we, I think we were the first in the nation to actually get shut down. So mm. all of a sudden I'm like, shit, dude, like overnight things are really starting to hit the fan. Like my landlord is still expecting, um, you know, rent the, the power companies still expect me to pay their bills, water, gas, um, you know, uh, trash, all that stuff, like still do. And so, um, it was kind of during that period where, where we were just like really focused online. We're just kind of hustling, trying to make it happen. Um, I was like six year, five, six years deep of online fitness coaching at that point. And what really ended up happening was like people that had just been following my journey, like other trainers that had been following my journey, um, kind of just started to hit me up and they were just like, yo dude, uh, I literally just lost like, all my income. Like I can't go into my gym and train people. Um, I like, I got to get this online stuff going. Like I need help, help me figure out like, what should I do to transition these people? And so like, we never really, uh, like you can go back and scroll through my social media. Like we never really did like a, a launch. Like we never, we never really like officially even kind of tried to start a business. It was just literally, uh, like we didn't have, we didn't have e-course. We have any videos, no trainings, like in the beginning, it was just like, dude, there's these three, four, five coaches that need help. And so we would get on two hour Zoom calls and just like walk through stuff like just like I just remember getting off those calls and just like mentally you were just drained. Um, but it was like, dude, people needed to make money like right now. So 
yeah, dude, that's kind of just how we got into like coaching the coaches. Like wasn't really uh, an intentional move or anything. Just kind of started out. There were several people that just needed some help. I was like, cool, dude. Um, let's let's do it. Let's just hop on some Zoom calls. And yeah, dude, I, I realized very quickly that I was actually like much more passionate about the business stuff than I even was about the fitness. Um, and it made sense because when I even looked at my own fitness business, I spent like so much time just working through the systems and the scripts and like, and that was, I could just see like where I put a lot of time and effort. So, um, yeah, dude, it was kind of weird, just kind of fell in our lap a little bit. And then it was just like, whoa, dude, like I actually really, really enjoy this. And, um, people were getting results and I was just like, cool, let's just see where this goes. So I, Anyways, my bad to interrupt there. Uh, the, the ending of that story is we eventually shut everything down, shut down the online fitness coaching, shut down the gym, um, pivoted into this full time. And we're coming up here in February of actually two years of being in, in the business now. So that's a uh, nice the short story made long, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. The um, you know, I think a lot of people miss that is like, sometimes the opportunities come to you, right? You're not exactly looking for this new opportunity. Um, but, you know, sometimes by just doing things the right way, these opportunities present themselves. And then it's a matter of, you know, do I take action on this or not? And it doesn't have to be. And I really like that you you said that it doesn't, you don't have to go put together this, you know, polished brand and business mm. and, you know, what this business coaching program is going to look like. It's, now you've got a couple of people reaching out for help. Let's just help them and then see what happens. You know, and I yeah. think coaches can take that too, right? Is like, if you're just getting started, you know, and if, you know, it doesn't have to be like you quit your job and you launch this full on pretty brand um, of a coaching business online. It's like, you can just get started. If someone, like if, if you're super fit and you've always been posting online and people keep reaching out to you, um, I actually have a client like this. She's um, actually in like, marketing and but she's she's an ifbb pro and mm. she gets people reach out all the time obviously like you know how are you so shredded so jacked like how do you do this you know blah 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 right and it's like after a while if enough people are reaching out to you and like there's an opportunity to help them right and so she started providing coaching services because it's such a natural fit um, yeah. and i think coaches miss this a little bit it's like it doesn't have to be and there's no brand there's no like you know uh, you know, get strong fitness, blah, blah, blah. Like there's no brand there. It's just like, Hey, if you need coaching help, just DM me and we'll go from there. Right. And then as you grow the business, then you can go get, you know, the legit things you can create a brand and marketing and messaging, et cetera. Uh, but if you just listen to the problems that are presenting themselves and you can figure out what that solution is, or you already have the solution, like just, just do that. Like just help those people and then grow from there. It doesn't have to be this like full on launch. You know, I did something mm -hmm. similar myself with this. You know, I, when I first launched my business, uh, assist FP, I was more on like the personal wealth management side of things for online coaches. Uh, but I've had hundreds of conversations with, with coaches over the last 18 months since I launched. And the thing that I realized is that most of them need more help in the business than they do like in their personal life. Like if they can't figure out the in the business finances, then they really can never leverage never leverage that in their personal life. And so I'm hearing all these problems on the business side and realize I'm just going to start helping coaches in the business as well. You know, and I've never really done a full on launch for that side of my my um, services, like the business coach, not the business coaching, the business CFO like services. I've never really launched that. I don't even have a website for that side of the business. Um, but mm -hmm. I heard all these problems from coaches and realized 
one, I can't even get the information I need on the personal side unless co- like unless I'm really working with coaches in the business because I would get coaches who have an accountant or this or that, and you go to look at their numbers and you're just like, oh my god, these are bad, right? So like they're paying a professional, um, and sometimes a professional that's actually marketing to coaches. And then you look at the work that's being done and you're like, oh, this is so bad, right? And so you just start helping people. So I think that's a really big point that you made. It's like, no, there was no launch. There was no big like, you know, ribbon cutting ceremony of this online business you started. People just reached out to you and you start helping them. Yeah. And I find this is is something actually I, I love to talk about. I mean, money follows problems. That's just the biggest thing. I think sometimes business gets so overcomplicated. It's just like, what is the problem that this person is having and how can I help them? So I think a lot of times like we, we try to go into sales calls and have these like perfect uh, sales scripts or we, we try to like craft this like high level masterminded content that's just going to like, and it's just like, dude, like what are people struggling with and how can I help them? And I think that's like such a, a simple concept that I always come back to in business of just like, is there a problem to be solved here? If there is, cool this is how I would solve it. And then it's just like up to them to make a decision of whether or not they'd like your help. Um, and so like to that point, it's like, yeah, it's not about like, oh, there's this this perfect uh, marketing drip campaign that's going to hit them here and hit them there and going to do this and do that. And then in and, and 23.2 hours, it's going to fire off this one. Like I think so many people get caught up in those weeds. Like, uh, you know, obviously if we're talking about like a multiple seven, eight figure business, like some of this stuff becomes really important. Like you got to have very, but for, for most people, you know, whether you're trying to hit your first six figures or you're trying to hit multiple six figures right now, um, you know, the, the biggest thing is just like, dude, you just got to get out there and just, just kind of work the streets a little bit. It's like, dude, does this person need help? What are they struggling with? You know, and, and do I have a solution for it? And it's like, I think that's all the more complicated it needs to be sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So let's start to pivot. So we, um, you know, we, we did a live Q and a, uh, about a week or so ago in your Facebook group, the, um, PT Hypergrowth Academy, right? I got that right. Yeah. Uh, PT yep. Hypergrowth community actually is, I think what it's called on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but we did a live Q and a in there and then I think you posted it in there. So if anyone wants to join the group, they can get access to that. Um, but what we focused on a lot is I put out this image on social media recently. It was like the four phases of, um, money for online coaches. And I did a podcast Mm -hmm. recently, but like the first step is make money. Right. And that's not really my expertise. Like I I start to help coaches in that second step of managing money. Uh, but I think you have a lot of expertise as a business coach to help coaches make more money. So I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. It's like, what are some of the areas that you think coaches could do to improve their actual top line revenue, um, Mm -hmm. in 2023? Yeah, man. I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit off air and then we're like, whoa, let's, let's wait and let's talk about this uh, on air. <laughs> and uh, the, the overall like thing that we were kind of beginning to talk about is just like, cool, like what do we see happening in 2023? And um, I was going into and just breaking into like, I just think that things are going to continue to pick up and pick up. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, when, when COVID hit for the very first time, there, there was multiple things that happened. One of them being is um, people became more accepting of online services. So before maybe you had these, uh, you know, boomers or whatever, like people that were just like, eh, I don't know, the internet's kind of this weird thing. I don't know. 
all of a sudden everything was online. You ordered all your food online. You got all your groceries delivered online. Like everyday occurrences suddenly became like online. So one, people became accepting of online. I remember when I was first getting into it, it just felt like I was like kind of in the wild west of just like not many people are doing this. Um, I was from small town America. People were just like, yo, what's this guy doing? Like, this is weird. I see him creating all this content. Um, and it's like people my age, right? And so it was like still just kind of this foreign concept. People are now accepting of online services. They're very, very aware of it. Uh, the second thing that happened then is, so basically like the market grew. There's more people looking for online coaches than ever before. The second thing that happened was, you know, all these coaches started being like, wait a minute, uh, I just lost all my income in person. I better get this online thing figured out. Then they saw like, hey, everything is moving towards online. Um, you know, if you've not lived under a rock, like you, you know that, like everything is moving online. So I think that more and more coaches, uh, just what I'm seeing is, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to talk to guys that are like, hey, I've been a trainer for the last 15 years. And I'm now seeing like, dude, I've got to get this online stuff figured out. I've been seeing it. It's been this thing, but like I never took it serious. And so what we're going to start seeing is just like more and more coaches moving into the space, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, right? A lot of times uh, it's very easy to look at something like, oh, like it's so saturated, like it's so hard. Um, saturation just means there's a demand, right? It means there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of money there to be made. And so like I wouldn't be scared off by saturation. What I do believe it means like fundamentally about it is that like, you're just going to have to get better, right? When you go back to like, uh, back in like 2013, when like Instagram and some of the fitness industry was kind of first starting, you could literally just post a picture of you with abs and people would reach out to you and be like, yo, what are you doing? Like, I'd love to, I'd love to like talk to you and, and figure out like what, what I can do. Then it got to a point where it was like, cool, more people started moving in. Um, now it was like, oh, hey, like, you know, I have to start maybe getting a DM script. I have to start being a little bit more serious about this. Right. And that's just going to continue moving as we go into 2023 of like, dude, like you just you have to be dialed in. Like you have to have real systems in place. Um, you have to go into sales calls, understanding like how to sell people. You have to go into um, understanding, you know, DM scripts, how to book calls. Like, so at this point, I just think it's, it's just a thing of like, it's going to get harder, but like, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You know, like, it's just like, you just got to get better, which um, is like been something Hermosi, right? I'm sure everybody listening in on this been, been huge fan of Hermosi. Um, I personally am super cool, dude. Um, his book is actually just don't take his me. tax advice. Okay, <laughs> I, lo yeah, I love Hormozzi too, but don't take his tax advice. His uh, his actual his book is actually what really helped me launch my gym. So been been following him for a while. Huge fan of him. Um, Which one's and, that? The the hundred million offers. Uh, so that's is a that really good the... book. Uh, but he has one even before that that he did that was just like his gym launch. Um, oh, okay. I have it here on my bookshelf somewhere. I forget what the subtitle, but it's just like his gym launch, uh, how okay. to grow a profitable gym or something like that. Um, gotcha. that was a, that was a really good book that helped me back in the day. Just understand. Um, he just has like a very calculated, like systemized approach to everything he does. And that was like, that was really good for me at the time. Anyways. Um, yeah, man, I just think that's the biggest thing. Like, to not get off in the weeds, I just think the biggest thing in 2023 is like 
there's just this idea of like, I think a lot of times people get into coaching because like, Hey, I just want to be a coach. I just want to help people. Um, and the reality is, is like, that's great. And I think that's a, a hands down, like the, the very first thing, like you got to get into it for the right reasons. But the second thing is like, you know, nobody's forcing you to start a business. Like you're going to have to really think like a business owner. You're going to have to get very serious about having, um, you know, like actually running a business. Like it's not, it's not good enough to just want to be a coach, uh, because for every piece of lead gen that you don't want to do, like there's another coach out there that's willing to do what it takes to book in the calls. That's willing to put in the reps to get better at sales. Um, and so like, I think that's just a big thing is like, you, you really have to start thinking like a business owner. Um, yeah, hopefully I'm not like off in the weeds that's, on that, but no, that's a really good point. I like that. Um, I'll drop a, a link to that book, by the way, it's called gym launch secrets. I'll, I'll drop a link to hundred million offers. So that's actually probably more helpful as well probably uh, more, for people listening. Yeah. Uh, but gym launch secrets is the one that uh, you were talking about. But anyways, um, I think it's a really good point because I, you know, I tend to see the most successful coaches I see, whether they have a team or no team, um, really comes down to treating it like a business, having systems, being systems oriented. And obviously for me, it's like pay, they pay attention to the finances, right? Because mm -hmm. if they don't understand the money side of the business, you can grow to grow. That's fine. Uh, just because you're growing in revenue doesn't mean you're making any money. And we won't go deep into that because I talk about that on multiple other episodes. Um, but you know, those, those areas, like you said, is like, actually you want to be a business owner. That's how you're going to be successful. Those are the coaches that I do see be really successful. And I said two different areas, whether they have a team or not, because I don't think that's a different differentiator. Um, I see sometimes, um, business coaches speaking to these coaches as if like they have to grow a team. You yeah. can actually be like a highly profitable solo coach, very efficient, um, without growing a team, but you're only going to do that if you're very intentional on building the systems in place, because if not, then you're going to be a highly stressed out solo coach that has way too much on their plate and you can't figure out what you need to prioritize. And, and it's hard to deliver your services, but the ones who are really systems oriented, but are intentional on building this like solo quote unquote lifestyle coaching business, um, they're really successful and sometimes more successful than coaches who have multiple assistant coaches, but honestly, they're kind of like, they're just, um, flopping around and not making a whole lot of money, but their revenue is high. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and I think that just goes back to the, you know, the, the, there's just like this core idea here of like, you just, you have to actually, if you're going to jump into this, um, you know, it, it's great to be passion driven. I, again, like, I think that is a must, like, you have to actually be like business is really hard. And if you don't have any passion, if there's not like a drive there, um, it is going to be a struggle, but like that alone is not going to be enough to, to really help you make it. It's like, you know, that there has to be that base level of like, you actually want to be a business owner. Uh, you have to be, you know, entrepreneurial, um, which I don't really like that word, but like, uh, maybe that's like the best way to signal it of like, you just, you actually have to want to be a business owner. Um, and I don't know that you always needed to in the past because it was just kind of this like biz, like online coaching wasn't necessarily a really a big thing. You could just be a dude that just loved to lift uh, and say like, hey, who wants to lift with me? Uh, reach out and I and get you some programs and stuff, right? But as we start to get more of these guys that are coming into the industry, guys and girls that are like, hey, I've been a coach for the last 15 years and like I'm ready to go online. It's like, hey, 
like people coming in with some real expertise, real knowledge. Um, it's just, yeah, you, you got to start taking care of the business side of things. It's maturing. The industry is maturing. And I think as it matures, some people call it a washout. You know, I talk to a lot of people in the industry daily and some people say, ah, I think there's going to be a washout. A lot of people are going to quit coaching, et cetera. I actually think it's going to be, I, I think it's kind of going to be like that, but I, I see it in a different way where I think you're going to have two and I two levels, right? I think the middle is going to get washed out. You're either going to be a really successful um, CEO building a big coaching business. I'm talking like multiple 10, 15, 20 assistant coaches. Um, so you're either going to be that you're going to be really successful or you're going to be a really successful, like solo, maybe you have like a VA or you leverage a couple areas, mm. but not growing like a big team. Um, I think it's yeah. in the middle where you're going to have a really hard time. So if you try and grow a small team of like four or five assistant coaches, I think that's where you're going to have a really hard time because you're now you're either you're competing with the really, really big coaches who now clearly have some type of marketing and lead gen system that works extremely well um, and their big coaching business. So you're competing with them or you're competing with the solo, highly efficient coach, which they don't really need more clients if they're efficient enough, right? They've figured out what their lifestyle is and what they need to survive um, and profit. And they've, they're doing that. They don't need, you know, hundreds of clients. But if you're in that middle ground, you kind of do because you've got these assistant coaches that are relying on you, et cetera. So I think that's where things are going to get over time. I don't think it's going to happen in 2023, but I think over time, that's what's going to happen. And that's actually happened in a lot of industries. It's happened in my industry. Um, it's happened to multiple different uh, industries where, and it's actually happened in society in the US. If you think about it, the middle class has kind of shrunk. And that's what we're talking here mm -hmm. almost is like the middle of the ground coaching, I think is what's going to shrink. And it's either going to elevate people to build biz big businesses or scale back and get really intentional on the profit side and just build a really good solo business with maybe one to two coaches, but like a very intentionally small business. I, I actually totally agree. Um, and I'm actually friends with a lot of the, the biggest guys like in our space of like the B2B. And I will say that um, a lot of these business coaches, like I'm friends with a couple that, that are exactly what you're talking about of trying to build these titans of the industry. And they are pivoting their strategies right now. Um, I would say they've not quite figured out a hundred percent, like how to do what you're talking about, but they are getting super close to it. Um, and the biggest thing that I've seen is like, and I don't know how much we get into strategy and stuff, but like they, they are definitely getting close to like cracking that formula because all those guys are using paid advertising, like they're going down. Um, and basically what they're all coming to the realization is like Facebook groups running paid ads mm -hmm. to Facebook groups. Um, and anyways, I know we can go way down the weeds on there, but I, I totally agree with you. The people that are trying to be the titans of the industry, um, they struggled for a long time because a lot of the, the paid ads, running paid ads, the challenges. I see a lot of coaches trying to do that still. Um, a lot of the old methods are not working and they're definitely figuring it out. And I, I do agree with you as far as like, it's just a matter of time before the people that are really trying to blow this thing up and have 40, 50, you know, a hundred, um, assistant coaches, like it's just a matter of time before they take off. So I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I just say that because when you do look at this industry as a whole, like who are some of the biggest people? It's like, well, you got like Kino body, um, you have like V shreds, 
like there's not a whole bunch of people that are just like, you know, have thousands and thousands of clients. Um, but there is a lot of people right now that, like you said, have that three, four man team. They're kind of trying to make it happen. And I think it's just a matter of time. I agree before that just gets shrunk. And so, um, yeah, I don't know what the punchline was there, but I totally agree with you. I mean, that's, that's like what I'm seeing as well of like, I think it's going to go both ways. It's like, the the lifestyle business owner i think will be very successful they'll be successful because their margins will be really great they'll be very profitable businesses they won't have a lot of overhead not a lot of employees um software to run an online business you know like maybe 500 bucks a month maybe a thousand if you're really really pushing it um but nothing like you know like if if you've ever looked into brick and mortar businesses like i mean you'll drop two three grand just to have a building to to have your equipment in so like in, in perspective, overhead is not a lot. So I, I agree with you. Um, it's either going to be the lifestyle businesses or just like the Titans. And I think that middle ground is just going to be, it's going to be kind of shaky, man. Yeah. I think the takeaway there is if you are a coach listening and you're in that middle ground, I think you just have to be intentional about where do you want to go next? It's either get really, really efficient and build that like small, efficient business or you're going to have to start thinking about scaling and growing. But I think it's going to be hard to live in the middle. Obviously, you've got to go from small to middle to get to big. Uh, but I think if you do it unintentionally, that's where there's going to be an issue, right? You're going to get stuck in the middle. Uh, but if you are intentionally growing to the middle to then intentionally try and scale and be one of those titans, um, then that's kind of the path you have to go. But living in that middle is going to be hard, I think, that's, over time. Yeah, 100%. And I think that comes back to how this conversation started of like, what do we see in 2023? Um, I do agree. I do think there's going to be a washout. There's going to be a washout of the people that are running poorly ran businesses. Um, you know, the people that right now are, are just barely, you know, skating by or barely making it happen. Um, I have no idea. Like, you know, I don't want to like scare anybody recession, no recession. I'm seeing people saying, Oh, it's going to be two years out. Like whatever that is like to me, like that's not really, um, anything I'm like too worried about, but well, a lot of great businesses have been built in recessions. Like I don't, I, I wouldn't worry about that. But I think there's there's something what you just said of like great businesses, and so I do think that's just like the theme for next year is like, hey, um, next year is definitely a year to like just be serious about like, cool. Uh, if I'm stagnant, if I'm riding the income roller coaster, uh, if things are just not moving forward, like it's definitely a year to try and get that stuff figured out because. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's not going to be a good year if you stay stuck if you're stagnant. Um, yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things they can look to in 2023 to kind of help improve in those areas? I mean, I would say start looking at your finances. Like that's obvious and a biased answer for me. Uh, but I think there's too many coaches that don't pay attention to one their cash flow, like the money coming in and out, um, and like projecting out like you know, 60, 90 plus days and, and understanding um, what it's going to look like. And the reason that they can't do that is because they don't know what it looked like the last 12 months, six months, et cetera. And if you don't have that data, it's really hard to then project out. Um, but having that data and knowing what type of decisions you can make in your business will just help you tremendously when you're trying to become more of a legitimate business owner. Hundred percent. I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, we are, um, even though like we're kind of in like the business coaching space or whatever, like whatever that means, um, we're still very numbers driven. Like to me, 
the numbers that we, you know, while, while you maybe look at, um, you know, you're literally looking at people's bank accounts, we are running numbers. The, the thing that we obsess over the most is we run numbers and sales. So like I am obsessing over how many sales calls are you booking a week? How many clients are you closing? We're looking at close rates. We're looking at numbers of leads generated. Um, like we are very numbers driven as well. And so I, I do agree um, to, and I kind of forget maybe what, what was the exact question you ans- uh, asked there because it's, I don't remember, but we can, but you know, it, I like where you're going numbers, with this, so we'll keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the overall uh, thing here is like, I agree. Um, oh, it was about 2023. Like, what, what do they need to be looking at? It's numbers. It's numbers. And that's mm-hmm. back to that idea of being a business owner. Um, as a coach, you maybe don't want to look at numbers like, ah, like, it's just like, I'm here to help people. And like, but as a business owner, you're looking at, you know, and, and obsessing over how many sales calls a week are we booking? How many people are we closing? And then on the back end of that, like, what is the profit that we're running with in the business right now? And I think that the the two biggest numbers that you should really be obsessing over, um, you should just always be obsessing over, but, you know, because we're talking about next year is just um, number of sales calls. uh, And actually maybe even further down is like number of new clients, right? So obsessing over number of new clients a month and then as well profit. I think those are the two biggest things that, you know, if you want to make it simple, it's just how many new clients am I enrolling and what's the profit margins? Yeah. And I think that's really important. We'll even ignore the profit. Uh, But like the numbers on the sales calls and how many become new clients and like how many outreaches did you have to do to get those sales calls? They're really important because having that data then allows you to reverse engineer, right? If you know you want 10 more clients, well, then that means you need to book X amount of more sales calls, which means you need to do X amount more outreach based on your statistics, right? And every coaching business is different. Different, Obviously, there's going to be like probably like general ratios in the the industry that you see that are healthy. Uh, But you can kind of back into that, right? And that's why the numbers become so important because now it's not a guessing game. Now it's not like, oh, I just need to post like more Canva, create the content. It's like, no, 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 you just need to get more sales calls. And this is how many sales calls you really need to get. And here's how you're going to get them. And so I think that's why the numbers are so important. And every good business owner is focused on systems and the data in their business, whether that data is sales data, uh, profit data, marketing data, like how many, how much is the the cost per acquisition on the Facebook ad that they run? Like how much does it cost them to get a new member in the Facebook group? And then how much lifetime value does that new member have? These are all numbers uh, and data that you can track and having an understanding of what that means for your business will allow you to make way better decisions in 2023. And, And you don't have to grow. Like you can decide not to grow, but at least you'll have the data there to know like what you would need to grow or what you still need to, maybe you want to improve the data so you can get more efficient in your growth to stay small. And I think that's what people, uh, they miss is they think that everyone's saying they have to grow. It's like, no, you just have to be intentional about which option you're going to take. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's such an important, uh, such an important point because like sometimes Reality is like to get to the where you know, get to the level of business you want, like it might take you four years. And there might be like two years of that that it's just stop right there. Stop right there. That is so (laughs) good. It's going to take you everyone needs to hear that. It's gonna take you longer than a year. Too many coaches think that they're like they were supposed to be a, a million dollar coach by the end of year one. 
All right, yep. keep going. So it's going to take you like four years. Uh, keep going. hundred percent. I mean, I think the business in the gym is the exact same way. Like we all know, Hey, I want to hit that 500 pound squat. Like, cool, dude. It's going to take you some time. You're going to be grinding. You're going to be showing up consistently. You're going to be improving. Like your business is the same way. And it's, I, I totally agree. Like, I think there's always this like million dollar coach idea. That's like way oversold of like, Hey, come in. And in 90 days, uh, we're going to be ripping hundred K months and you don't hit your hundred K month 90 days later. And it's like, Oh dude, well, like you must just suck. And it's just like, no dude, like sometimes that's just the process. Like, uh, maybe, maybe your hamstrings suck. And so it's like, cool. Like I've got to spend the next six months hammering out my hamstrings, you know, and, and building up my posterior chain to, to be able to make that next PR jump. And that's sometimes just the way it is. Like maybe, maybe sales is difficult for you and it's like, cool. Let's just spend the next, you know, three months practicing sales, getting in reps, getting in role plays, reviewing calls. Um, and that's sometimes just the way it is. And like, I think that's okay. Like it, it doesn't have to happen overnight. No, that's so good. And anyone you see where it appears to have happened overnight, like it didn't, someone could look at you and think like, oh, this happened overnight. But like you said, like you, you had a gym, uh, you were coaching for five to six years and then you kind of transition into the business coaching, et cetera. Like these things take a really long time of compounding habits and success stories. Um, and so I, I do think that's one of the biggest challenges that face a lot of coaches, uh, especially the younger ones, is they think they're going to have this immediate success. Um, and when they don't, it stresses them out because the reality is, is even when you hop into a program that's that's promising, you know, 10K months, uh, within two months of hiring them or whatever, what they're going to do is they're going to focus on you getting paid in fulls. And so you're going to get a couple paid in fulls and you may hit that 10K a month, but what, you, what you're not realizing is then you have to deliver on that. So it's almost mm -hmm. like a reverse debt. You've added all this debt of having to deliver on these, these, um, these coaching programs that you've sold. And so you might have a couple months of 10K, 10K months, but then you're going to see a significant drop because what's going to happen is while you're delivering that service, you have no time to actually market. And so I see this a lot with, with coaches is that their, their revenue is very up and down because they'll have a really good month. They'll sell a lot. And then the next month it will just tank because all of a sudden now they're doing all of the work to deliver on what they sold the month before. And then yeah. they start to panic and that month where they're down, they start to panic. And then, so then they go nuts marketing and all that, but then their delivery is going to, going to drop off a little bit. Right. And so then a month or two later, you're going to have clients who are demanding a refund or they're leaving. They're not re-signing because they're not getting delivered as much. And so it's this really up and down roller coaster that I see a lot of times just because they tried to hop in and, and take on more than they could chew. I dude, a hundred percent. And what I would add here is like, if this is you, like, don't feel bad about it. Um, literally I did the exact same thing. So like, this is a, everything you're saying here is a lesson I've learned the hard way. Um, For sure. like bouncing between like 30, like, so when we launched, when we launched hyper growth, um, and I, I like, I, I don't know, I like say numbers out of like a humble place, like just uh, as a lesson, like, like hitting 30 K months, dropping all the way down to like three K months. Like the, the, the things you're talking wow. about here, like, is like lessons I've actually learned the hard way of, you know, you rip some paid in fulls and here's, here's where the danger of it is. You rip like a 30 K month and you're like, Oh, great. Um, you know, like let's get Allie to drop out of college and come work full time in the business. Cause it's just a straight line upwards, dude, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. 
And then the next month, you know, you hit like a 3K month. And so like what you're saying here is so, so important. It's like for us, it's been like a process of really just stepping back and like, you know, building up your reoccurring revenue, I think is one of the, the most important things you can do. It's like, it's always just kind of this balance game of like, cool. Um, you know, maybe we are going to push a little bit this month, take a couple paid in fulls. Uh, you know, maybe you get your, your one or two paid in fulls and it's like, Hey, everybody else is just going to be, you know, reoccurring income or whatever. Um, and so like, if you've ever made these mistakes, like I think also something that's, uh, something that's important, like I've, I've been a part of like some really big masterminds, paid lots of money to, to join coaching programs and stuff. And I've always been surprised, like even the people that are making 300, 400, $500,000 a month, like the guys that are really high rolling, uh, are making a lot of like the mistakes and stuff that we're sitting here talking about. Um, and so I think this, like to, to add into just the, the mix of things here of like, sometimes I think it's kind of like you make mistakes and you're embarrassed, or maybe you listen to this, this episode here and you're just like, Oh shit. Like I just suck. And like, I'm terrible. Like my business sucks and everything. And like one thing that's always been like super, um, just like reassuring kind of a confidence boost is like you get on a call and there's this dude ripping $350,000 cash collected months and he's like, yeah, dude, like, I still don't know, like, what good content looks like, or like, you know, is this a good piece of, or, or like, how should we structure our payment plans? And you're just like, dude, like, you know, this is stuff that I'm still going through, <laughs> or like, oh, these are issues I'm having. And so like, um, the overall message here is like, I just think like, if you're listening in on this, and you can relate to it, like, dude, like, at every single level of business, I think sometimes we think, hey, uh, you know, you fix something and then like, you're never going to have business problems or like you join a program, you get some in place and you're just like, it's just going to be a straight lineup. Um, so anyways, I don't know if I went way off track there, but like hundred percent to what no, you're that's saying. a good message. Yeah, that's a good message. You know, even as you grow as a business owner, the problems, they might get different, but you're still always going to have problems. Uh, as you make more money, the problems that, you know, they get different. Sometimes they're actually worse because, you know, there's higher consequences, higher risk with more money, um, you know, and so more money, more problems, you know, like, like Biggie said, and, uh, you know, like it's a really good message for people, for people to understand is that like, the problems aren't going to go away. You just have to learn how, how are you going to deal with those problems? The mistakes aren't going to go away. It's just how do you react to those mistakes? How do you grow from it? Um, you should always be trying new things. You should always be willing to fail, um, you know, not fail overall like you don't want the whole entire business to fail but try new things in the business that might fail because you'll learn a lot from it um and you'll grow from it so all right let's start rounding out the the episode uh yeah, one dude. question that i ask everyone is uh what's one of the most irrational emotional money decisions you've made oh boy oh boy um <laughs> yeah man i've i've messed up on lots of stuff like this um one thing i just want to say like is the uh back to wrapping up what we were just talking about is, um, For sure. I also like, this is, this is one thing of like, you know, understanding that you have problems, um, and understanding that it's okay to have problems, understanding that it's okay to fail. I think is important because that allows you to reach out to people like yourself. Um, you know, reach, reach out to Justin and just be like, Hey, you know, like I do have these money problems. Uh, cause I think sometimes it's easy to, uh, you know, see problems to get overwhelmed by them and just like think that, Hey, like I should just ignore them. Um, I'm embarrassed to go talk to somebody about them because like, man, they're going to judge me. What are they going to say or think? And so like just understanding that at every level, people have problems at every level, people have things they struggle with. The problems never go away. Um, it's totally okay to reach out to people to seek out advice, 
coaching, mentorship, help. Um, so I just wanted us to add that in on top of there. Um, most irrational money decision I've ever made. Um, dude, it's weird. I have, I've always, I've always been one that like money is not, not ever been anything that I took too seriously. Um, like, I mean, I take it super seriously, but like I've emptied my bank account multiple times. Um, starting my gym, I literally have screenshots. I'll have to maybe make a post on my social media after this, this episode. <laughs> um, when I launched my gym, I literally was so broke after launching it that there were days that I could not go to the gym because I couldn't afford to put gas in my car to drive there. And so like, uh, I, I mean, I guess you could say like that was a pretty irrational decision, like literally spent my last dollars to buy gym equipment to rent this building to get started. Um, but I also think like, you know, you can also look at that and be like, well, if I hadn't done all that stuff, like I wouldn't be on the path I'm on today. Um, sure. Yeah. And so like I would say like and that's that's happened to me several times, actually, where I've, I've literally emptied bank accounts um, to do things. And it is kind of irrational. Um but I've always just viewed it like as long as I am like investing into myself or investing into my future, my dreams, like I, I think it usually typically ends up working out. Um, probably like most, most irrational or just like buying a bunch of dumb shit, whether it's buying uh, clothes or like things I didn't need. Like that's that's probably the stuff I would consider to be irrational. Um, yeah, dude, that's and I forgot you told me to prepare for that question. I totally didn't. <laughs> the um you know, it's a good point you make the, you know, it would probably seem irrational to most emptier bank accounts. Um, and there's definitely some survivorship bias here of you surviving that because that probably would have broke, you know, 75 plus percent of people who did that at least once or multiple times. Um, you know, so obviously it didn't break you, but I probably wouldn't recommend it. So we will throw it in the irrational <laughs> category. Uh, you know, in, in retrospect, it's easy to look back on it and be like, I do it a hundred times over again. Right. Like it made me who I am. It put me on this path, et cetera. Um, but oh. some people aren't built to, to withstand that. Most era I I've actually got it. I went to college. <laughs> I went to college knowing that I didn't want to go that, that right mm. there, hands down. When, uh, $18,000 into debt to go to Ohio State my freshman year. Didn't show up to any classes, got a 1.2 GPA, got kicked out of the university. Um, that was one of the most irrational financial decisions that I'm still paying off today. So nice. Yeah, no, it. that's, um, you know, that that's a whole nother conversation. The whole, <laughs> you know, this, the whole society and, and the focus on student loans. That's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, that's an interesting example. I like that. All right. What is one question that you'd have for a financial planner? Yeah, man. Um, so I guess like what is, I think probably for people listening in and even for myself, like I'm super curious. Um, so actually uh, we are now working with Justin. So really excited for this. Um, curious, like when you first come into a business, you know, obviously like when I first come in, I'm like, cool, show me your sales numbers. Like how many calls are we booking? Uh, how many calls do we need to be booking? What's the very first place that you start when you come into a business and begin kind of like probing around in? Dude, so it's so funny you asked this question because I was actually thinking about this today when I was working out and like how I could present that in some content. So it's actually really funny you're asking this. Um, so one of the first things I'm definitely looking at is obviously revenue, right? You know, you do need to make money to be able to 
to be able to manage it. So first thing, well, actually, let me back it up even more. One of the first things I need to know is, do you even have anything in place like bookkeeping systems? Uh, could be an Excel spreadsheet for all I care, but are you using you know, QuickBooks, Wave, Excel, anything? Like if you're not doing anything, then I know, okay, first thing is we've got to go back and get all this data because you haven't been tracking it, right? So if you are tracking it, then the first thing I'm going to look at is, okay, revenue, expenses, and then that's going to equal your profit. I want to start right there because I need to know, the first thing I need to know is, one, are you even profitable? Because sometimes people aren't. Uh, and if you are, at what rate? Because online coaches can run a pretty high profit margin. So if you're running like a 20% profit margin, I'm going to look at that and wonder what is wrong. It may not be a bad thing. It may just be your first year in business, which, you know, yeah, it could be higher, but maybe you just did a lot of investing in education, et cetera, in that first year. Uh, but that's going to right there going to tell me like, okay, there's some red flags. I need to look in and dive deeper on what's going on here. Um, or even if it's really, really high, I can look and say, maybe you're not leveraging some things enough, right? Maybe you do need to outsource a little bit. Um, you know, does it really need to be that lean? Are you hurting yourself by being that lean? Because I see both extremes here. The other thing I'm going to look at is your debt. And I have to look at both personal and business here because a lot of times early on, people will just take the debt on their personal side, although it's being used for business side. Um, but unfortunately, a big trend that I'm seeing lately is a lot of coaches who are buried in debt from business coaching programs, unfortunately. Mm. Um, they were sold you know, the dream and um, they were even probably put on like a loan or a payment plan through a third party company. And so when they fizzle out with the business coaching group, which don't get me wrong, there's a lot of successful stories coming out of these business coaching groups. So I don't know exactly why they fizzle out. Maybe it's just not the right program for them, et cetera. Uh, but they're already saddled with a lot of debt. And then they might even move to a new program and take on more debt for that program. So they're kind of just, they're building this revolving debt. And what I need to do is look at that and understand that because they may not have the cash flow to even support that. They may be so strapped from that debt in their business that that makes everything a lot harder, right? You you start making decisions from a point of desperation, uh, frustration, mm -hmm. and anxious, anxiety, uh, stress. You start making decisions from there, and you're going to start focusing on short-term things and not long-term um, decisions for your business, right? So I'm going to look at the debt area and then also... How does that impact your cash flow now, right? Because if you took out debt last year for a business coaching program, that's on last year's P&L, right? That reduced your, pro your, your profit last year. So you paid less taxes. Your principal payments on that debt this year, it, it, it's going to hurt your cash flow, but it's not helping your P&L. So you're not actually, that expense isn't reducing your, your profit this year. So you're going to pay taxes on a higher profit, but it's going to feel like you don't have the cash flow. So you're going to probably be wondering like, why do I not have any money at the end of the month? I feel like, but also I, I'm showing that I have this higher profit, right? Um, so those are some of the areas we're going to start diving into right away. And uh, if you're not tracking anything, then obviously we have to back it up even further. And we're going to start tracking everything. We're going to go backwards, log that in. That can take some time. And, you know, I, I do tell coaches like, I might be an expense up front. Like, I'm not going to promise you that I come in and, and save you any money in the first three, six months, maybe even a year. 
it can take time depending on where that coach is when they start working with uh, me or anyone else in their business on the finances. It depends on where, what point are they coming to you from? Um, and so I tell a lot of coaches that like, Hey, overall, we're going to get the systems in place to save you uh, money in the future on your taxes, et cetera. Uh, but up front, this might just be a cost to you until mm. we can get things organized and in place. Yeah. Wow, dude. Cool. Um, yeah, dude, I can, I, I totally understand where you come from. There is like getting things started, getting into it sometimes like it, it can be, um, not always profitable at first, but like that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense to start there. And, uh, I like it. I like it. Cool. All right. Let everyone know, tell, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about you? Yeah. Um, you know, tell them about the Facebook group, all that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, so mainly really right now, uh, just over on Facebook. So tell Fisher T E L L. That's just my name. Uh, tell Fisher is my, my profile. Uh, but the Facebook group is online fitness coaches calls clients cash. Uh, the PT hype growth community. You're right. It's the community. Um, the Academy is like our actual coaching program, but, uh, yeah, mainly just over on Facebook right now. Um, some people maybe follow me over on Twitter, not really Zach over there these days, uh, or over on Instagram. So definitely hit us up in the Facebook group. Um, again, it's the, the online fitness coaches calls clients cash. So cool. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Tell appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Hey, this is a good one. I'll have to come back. Hey coaches. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, then you'll definitely enjoy my weekly newsletter, the wealthy weekend. Every Friday afternoon, I share actionable tips and stories on how to be a wealthy coach that allows you to get 1% better even on the weekends. Check out the show notes to sign up or hit the link in my Instagram bio at JustinGreenFP. All right, coaches, until next time, be wealthy.